It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all having a great start to your week. Whatever you got going on this week, hopefully it's off to a good start. A lot to talk about on today's show. We'll be talking about BYU Pro Day. Spring camp is in the rearview mirror. Former BYU players had their Pro Day opportunity on the turf at the BYU Indoor Practice Facility on Friday. Friday, we'll recap that for you. We'll also talk some BYU basketball. Here's some more comments from BYU basketball coach or former BYU basketball coach Dave Rose as well. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports with a weekend recap of how the other teams performed over the weekend. So with that, let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast. Check it out on the Himalaya app. It's a fantastic new podcast app. If you're looking for a new podcatcher to catch all your podcasts, check out Himalaya. Fantastic new app. It's got a lot of technology behind it and always adding new features. So check that out. Let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 1st, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in downtown Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to. We're going to start off with some BYU football news and notes. Of course, BYU held their annual pro day at the indoor practice facility Friday morning, allowing former Cougars to come back on campus, work out for NFL scouts. According to what BYU put out, 31 uh, teams in the NFL, so 31 of the 32 teams in the National Football League had representatives at the event. One Canadian Football League team, I saw a picture, I saw it was the Edmonton Eskimos, and of course uh, the Salt Lake Stallions of the Alliance of American Football were represented were represented at the Pro Day, checking out BYU players. Sione Taki Taki, you had great NFL Combine numbers, stood on those numbers, a 4640. There's no reason to put that in question. So he had a great day overall. I believe he is the most likely candidate of BYU players to be drafted this year. I would expect that he does get drafted. I don't think that there's anything to prevent him from doing that, but we'll see what happens coming up at the end of this month, April 25th through the 27th in Nashville, Tennessee, where the NFL draft is being held this year. Uh, Bronson Kafusi, not Bronson. Why am I thinking Bronson Kafusi? He's in the NFL. Corbin Kafusi, who's trying to make the NFL, still recovering from injury. He said that he's probably a week or two away from actually being able to do the drills etc. He was measured, got his height and weight uh, done for NFL scouts, but did not participate in the pro day. That's a little bit disappointing because that was kind of your showcase opportunity to have multiple teams see you work out and do what you could do on the field. But it's also understandable. Three surgeries that he had to undergo after the season to correct multiple injuries, including a high ankle issue, high ankle sprain issue. Had to have surgery on that to get that corrected. It seemed like it was the biggest bugaboo for him. And here's hoping that he gets an opportunity to have some private workouts with teams and get a look at uh, what he can do to 
improve and also prove to NFL teams that he's worthy of a roster spot or making a training camp roster. I'm I'm hopeful that Corbin gets that opportunity because uh, when you don't participate at Pro Day, likely if he would have been healthy, he probably gets an invite to the NFL Combine in my mind, but just all those surgeries have really slowed him down in terms of his recovery, and I'm still hoping to have him on the podcast as well as some of these former Cougars. We'll work on that over the coming days and weeks to see if we can get them on the show to talk about what happened at Pro Day, etc., but unfortunately that Corbin was unable to work out. Here's hoping that he can get those private workouts and show what he can do here in the next couple of weeks, because otherwise Otherwise, going to be a tough, tough haul to make the NFL at that point because a lot of guys that skip their first year when they're coming straight out of college, NFL teams aren't necessarily willing to take almost a redshirt year for guys and let, allow them to recover. It seems like if you miss that first year, you're kind of old news and you're done at that point. So we'll see what happens, but best of luck to Corbin Kafusi. Other guys who stood out, I thought Braden L. Bakri, a guy that I think should make the NFL simply due to his special teams prowess, had a good day. He had 24 reps on the bench press, uh, a good showing in the 40 as well for him. I know all the times were unofficial, but he said that he ran a little bit slower. He felt like on the turf at BYU, but he had a good day. The quote says, everything went well. I was slower in here with the long turf, but it is what it is. You have to stick with your numbers and be happy about it. I try not to think about the future too much, but focus on the now. I do what I can, push my limits, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, if you remember the podcast a while back, we had Braden on during the season. I interviewed him and asked him about his pro future, and he said his dream has always been to make the NFL. He's what he's always wanted to do. He told people all growing up, I'm going to make the NFL and I'm hopeful that he can do it because he's he was a standout player, a great fullback, a great receiving option for BYU in their offense during his time at BYU, and was an ace special teams player. And I think that's really where he's going to shine. He can show teams, hey, I can play special teams. Give me this opportunity, and I'll prove what I can do. We'll see how it all shakes out for him. I'm hopeful that he gets that opportunity because that I feel like he's a guy that should get that opportunity. I know that fullbacks in this day and age aren't necessarily an in vogue uh, position and certain teams don't even use them anymore, especially in the NFL. We'll see what happens. Um, other guys who stood out on the day, uh, guys like Matt Hadley participated, Squally Canada. Uh, Tanner Mangum was throwing for NFL scouts, doing his work. And I thought Mangum actually tested a lot better than I thought. He ran in the uh, 4.8 to 4.9 range in the 40 yard dash. It was unofficial. Also had some good reps. His uh, his broad jump was was pretty good as well. So Tanner Mangum made some noise for himself. I still think it's a long shot that he makes the NFL, but he'll at least get a shot. He'll get teams that'll give him a training camp roster. You could become a camp arm, as they call them, where you come in and show what you can do, and we'll see what happens. He's also getting married. I wanted to say congratulations to Tanner Mangum on the impending nuptials. I'm going to get married in the middle of this month just before the NFL draft, so I don't expect him to get drafted, but hopefully his future playing football takes him somewhere and he can see what he can do for whatever time he has to do that so I think overall my biggest takeaway is that BYU had a good showing overall for guys uh, Michael Shelton had a vertical leap of 36 and a half inches a broad jump of 9 feet 10 inches so good showings for him he's going to be trying to become one of those nickel cornerbacks in the NFL or a guy who comes in on passing downs and he showcased his ability to cover guys and I'm hopeful that multiple guys from this BYU team get that opportunity to show what they can do they got to make it into camp you've also got to make sure that you stand out when you get there you can't have injuries stop you from that like a Corbin Kafusi, where injuries have slowed his recovery and also working out for NFL scouts so 
it's always an interesting thing when it comes to pro days and how guys prepare for them versus playing out their career because Corbin easily could have shut it down before that Utah game had that extra week or two of recovery and maybe had a chance to work out during BYU's pro day but he decided to sacrifice for his teammates I'm just hopeful that it doesn't take away his opportunity to make a living playing football we'll see what happens it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out but best of luck uh, to all the BYU players as they get ready for the upcoming NFL draft etc we'll of course um, have full coverage for you we'll break down everything and like I said we're going to try and get some of these guys on the podcast to talk about their preparations for the NFL draft, workouts, uh, finishing up schoolwork at BYU and the like. Also get their thoughts on the football program as a whole. So we'll work on those as we go forward. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. Wanted to play some more of Dave Rose's comments that he had on the Zone Sports Network on Friday. We played a portion of them on Friday's show. I wanted to get to some more thoughts from him. Uh, one One of his comments goes in line with a column by Doug Robinson from the Deseret News that I feel like Dave Rose kind of answered the question for Doug and we'll talk about that next right here on the podcast before we do that though a reminder for you if you are looking for a new podcatcher check out the new Himalaya app it's a fantastic new podcatcher always new technology going into it they're having new features they build personally curated playlists for you based on your listening history it's an awesome feature so if you're looking for a new podcatcher check it out the Himalaya app with the Locked On Podcast Network and in particular the Locked On Cougars podcast. More in a moment. You are listening to Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome on back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday edition of the show. Dave Rose is no longer the head coach of the BYU basketball program. I don't have any breaking news for you guys in terms of who's going to be the new head coach. I do know that uh, Mark Pope is still the top candidate for the job. And until he says no, BYU is going to put on a full court press to see if they can land him as the new head coach of the program. But no impending news that I am aware of. Of course, we'll track that for you and bring it to you as soon as we possibly can. But Dave Rose spoke to DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network last Friday. We had a portion of his comments about why he was stepping aside last week on Friday's edition of the show. You can go back and listen to that. We'll also get a pod special out with the full interview as well at some point. But I wanted to play some comments today from Dave Rose about how he went about this decision working with guys like Nick Emery during his time at BYU, the final few years, of, I guess, of his BYU tenure, what it was like working with Emery, and then answering a question that Doug Robinson from the Deseret News wrote about. Uh, Doug Robinson's column was titled that BYU should shake up, uh, BYU needs to get a break away from the status quo, speaking of things like being in the West Coast Conference, recruiting guys from just Utah Valley. They need to go out, go out and recruit 
internationally. Also talking about how BYU needs to get out of the West Coast Conference if at all possible. Well, you'll hear Dave Rose address all of those topics here in a moment because he talked about recruiting internationally, the, the struggle it is for BYU to get guys to come to school at BYU and why they're a little different than some of these other programs like a Gonzaga, etc., who can bring in any kid, it seems like, and they are part of the program. BYU has a, another yet another hurdle to, to jump over when it comes to international recruiting. You'll also hear him break down what he thinks of BYU's chances of making a Power 5 league in the next decade. So here you go. More with Dave Rose with DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network from last Friday. Dave Rose, former BYU basketball coach, joining us here. I'm curious going forward with the recruiting challenges you've seen, with the academic challenges, the fact that Gonzaga is going to take the automatic bid three years out of four or four out of five or whatever, and the fact that the Power Five bids are taking most of the at-large berths in a way that they didn't when you were in the WAC or when you were in the Mountain West. And, you know, the numbers just keep trending in favor of the Power Fives over, over the long term. Are expectations just too high at BYU basketball? Is BYU basketball in a different place in the college basketball world than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago? You know, I, I hope I hope we don't get to that point. I mean, I love the expectations of, of this job uh, for years and years. I don't think anybody had higher expectations for this job than I did. Uh, I hope people still have a real passion to follow this. I think the games in the Marriott Center are as good a college basketball games as you can possibly find anywhere in the country as far as excitement and energy and passion. And uh, I, I hope that uh, that continues. Uh, when you talk about the NCAA tournament, there are a lot of different things out there about the way this is going. And uh, I'm encouraged this year because I, I felt like the committee actually uh, gave the small, you know, the, the, the lower guys uh, uh, a little bit of a, a break. But all the numbers that these guys are starting to consider, uh, um, you know, when we leave the RPI and we go to the net, and they all favor these these Power Five teams playing each other all the time in their league, and so that's going to be hard to break. And and this year, I think, as far as the conference is concerned, I think everybody can be excited about the fact that uh, you know St. Mary's beat the Zags in the championship and got that uh, that berth. For us personally, we're not really deep. We haven't been really deep for a long time, and it's hard to go play three, four games in a row and 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 win that tournament. Never won that tournament in the 14 years I've been here, but. We got invited to that tournament eight times, and uh, those invites are getting harder and harder. But I hope people will keep the passion. I hope they'll keep the expectation. I hope this new guy can just go and kill it. Nick Emery came out with a blog where he talks about a suicide attempt, and you've been right there understanding most of that as much as you can. How difficult has that situation been? Wow. You know, of, of all the things that I've been through um, as a coach in, in the 36 years, and I've been through a lot of, uh, a lot of really heart-wrenching, you know, uh, difficult emotional times with, with players, uh, this one was, uh, it, it was as big a challenge I, I've seen and uh, that I had. And I, uh, you know, close and I, I mean, Nick and I became really close in a, in a time when we were just trying to get him up every day and get him to, to function and uh, to a point where, you know, the kid shows up, makes 17, scores 17, 18 points in the game. And so I, I feel like that we, uh, we accomplished a lot. I, I took a lot of criticism for the way I handled it. I mean, he, he committed the basically the unforgivable sin, you know, 
as far as uh, uh, student athletes are concerned. And, and you know, people said, hey, you know, you're uh, when you were young, you'd have never let a guy do this. And now you're, you know, you're soft and you just let this happen. But this, this was a, a connection that Nick and I had, and I felt that I could help him. And I didn't think that he would, uh, he would hurt the team, you know, and, um, that, that he just, we could just find a way to have him help the team. I'd been through some similar situations before and had a totally different reaction, and, and I just wanted to make this one to see if it would work. And I, just, I wish Nick the very, very best. He's got, you know, a, a year left, and he's healthy, and uh, he's going to have, a, uh, you know, a full summer to prepare. And, and I, I think that um, I just hope he has the best year in college that he's, he's had in the three years he's played. What you must have learned going through that with Nick and trying to mentor him and, and help he and his family through the tough times, I wonder, because you were trying to coach a team and recruit, and that's a full-time gig unto itself And in addition to this, but how much did you learn about the mental health challenges that a lot of young people in college, in high school, in junior high, sometimes even in elementary school, how much did you learn about what all of them are going through? Well, it's, uh, it's real. And, and it's a challenge, and it's just not Nick Emery. I mean, I, I, uh, I think that what um, I've really learned is a way to support uh, individuals in certain challenges when they have it. Uh, the athletic department has been terrific in uh, in adding that support staff uh, to to deal with mental health. Um, about two years, maybe I don't know, maybe two or three years ago, uh, I just kind of had an epiphany to me that that just felt like. Hey, we we train these guys' bodies every day. That's what we do. We hire strength coaches and we hire, you know, coaches to, to condition guys. And we got our own coaches that are working on their skill levels and, and everything to do with, uh, you know, their body. And uh, we 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 need to do the same thing with their minds. And and they need to be able to the same way they come in a gym and stretch and get prepared and go through a little individual warm-up to get them ready for practice. We need to do the same thing with their mind to get them ready for a practice, get them ready for a class, get them ready for, um, you know, a big game. And then, so they can go through certain steps with their minds. And we, we've got a really good mental uh, strength coach here that has helped our players. Uh, but for me personally, I went a long time where I just said, hey, suck it up, let's go, you know, come on. Everybody goes through tough stuff. And in the last few years, I realized that uh, this is different, and, and we need to address it, we need to help it, we need to deal with it. And I, I think that that's just – Nick is just one story that's become really public that we've dealt with, but uh, I, I'm really proud of the way we've handled it the last few years. I think starting when you came aboard in 97 with Steve, you guys had a lot of non-LDS guys who made major impacts on your program. We all know who they are, and you continued it too, and they were great players. It doesn't seem to be that there's as many of those guys. Is there any particular reason? Well, I I think that, uh, you know, experience kind of tells you that – you, you, you want to go out and, and get that guy and find him and, and have him, you know, come and just flourish here. Um, but you, you also, you know, you, there, are, there are times when um, you want to do what's very best for the, the student-athlete, too. And so trying to find the right fit is, um, is, is a real challenge, I think. And uh, I can't really put my finger on why maybe, you know, we haven't been able to find, you know, guys like uh, Keeney Young and, you know, some of the, 
the, the real Hoffa, you know, he was a guy that really helped us early in the in Luis and those guys. But um, I know one thing: we 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 we've continued to work hard at it and try to find them and locate them. But um, I'll just tell you a little story, okay? And, and I, there's so many things that I've learned over the years. But I sat I, I sat in New York a few years ago at a, a, a big camp. And uh, I had a coach come up to me who just took a job in the West Coast. And we've actually become really good friends now. But he sat next to me and says, Dave, man, I, I was at a deal last night. We, a bunch of coaches were talking. And, and uh, they told me that if a guy comes to your school that he, he can't smoke and can't drink and can't have sex. Uh, that can't be true. I mean, that, 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 they're just like kind of trying to like negative recruit you. Is that right? I said, no. It's right. That's that's what we expect of our guys. And he looks at me and he goes, "All right, out of those ten guys, you're sitting here watching. Out of those ten guys, which is the guy that wants to go to college and not do that?" <laughs> and so I pointed out the guy, and he says, "Man, I Adam got my job and not yours." <laughs> and uh, that's kind of you know the challenge that we have. And uh, I think that the best thing for a BYU basketball coach or a BYU football coach or any coach at BYU is you got to find the guys that embrace what's really good about this place. And that is what makes this place really, really good. And it's not for everyone. And we know that, obviously. So is BYU going to need, and were you trending this way already? I, I heard you were. I guess you can confirm this. Is BYU going to be recruiting more and need to recruit more international players going forward? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, that's a, um, you know, it's an option. It's a, that's the new guy comes in and has really good connections overseas. That would be great. But, you know, there, there's real issues here. I, 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 uh, I mean, we can't bring a kid to BYU and have him have an interpreter for two years, okay? He has to speak English. He has to make a score on a TOEFL test that, uh, you know, qualifies him for admissions here. And that's a little different uh, than everybody, you know, else who's recruiting foreign players. A lot of guys will bring foreign players in, and for the first year, they'll they'll kind of help them with their English and get them to where they're speaking really good English, you know, their sophomore or junior year. And uh, that's not the option here. And so you're going to have to find – so that whittles down the pool. The, 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 I mean, it just whittles it down. It gets you in a position to where there's not as many guys that uh, are available for you. And, um, and so – I, I think it's an option. I think it's a way to go. I think it's a way that, you know, the next guy can, uh, you know, get a, a, a niche here with a player or two. But you're going to have to find the right guys again. It's not the whole open pool that everybody else maybe has, uh, uh, you know, an options to. Former BYU basketball coach Dave Rose joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So I know you can't answer this question 100% because it's not possible, but you have a better chance of seeing the future than the rest of us. In 10 years, do you think BYU is going to be in the Big 12, the Mountain West, still independent in football and competing in the West Coast Conference, or somewhere else? No, I think I think we'll be in one of the big conferences. I think football is going to run this thing, and our football program is respected enough all over the country that uh, when they, I think there's one more big shuffle that comes, and when it comes, I think we'll jump in there. And what actual league it'll be, I don't know, but I think there's one more thing to come, and we're going to end up in a great, great spot. 
There you go, Dave Rose. And I wish him the best. I don't know what's next for Dave Rose. You heard him say it himself. He's not sure what he ultimately is going to do next, but it'll be great to see what he can do. And you heard him say he feels like in the next decade, he is the BYU is going to make a Power 5 league. He feels like he feels like it's the right uh, time. He says that BYU's basketball program will push the issue and be the answer for them. And we'll see how it all shakes out. I, I don't know that it's going to happen until that next round of conference realignment takes place in the middle of next decade. We're talking 2024, 2025, but interesting to hear Dave Rose, a guy who is ground and ground, been through three different leagues, as you heard him say, the WAC, the Mountain West, and now the West Coast Conference. He said he thinks that BYU will make a Power 5 league, and I think that would take a lot of what BYU fans are upset about off the table, because if they have that, that means upgraded recruiting, upgraded budgets, all the different things that BYU fans like to complain about. We'll see if it ultimately plays out that way. I have my doubts still, but it's good to hear a guy like Dave Rose who's been in the trenches, as they say, working and grinding, and he's talking to people. He feels like BYU will be a Power 5 team at some point. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back on the other side. Do need to talk about what happened in BYU sports over the weekend. We'll cover all that for you next, right here on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, getting you up to date on everything you need to know about BYU Athletic Department each and every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Recapping the weekend for all the other BYU sports. Let's start off on the men's side of things. Baseball, their stellar start to the season continues. I don't know if it's necessarily you can consider it a stellar start considering they're a month and a half into this thing, but they are 21 and 5 on the year, 7 and 2 in conference play, 77.8% win percentage and they swept all three games against St. Mary's over the weekend 10-6 Thursday and 11-0 shutout Friday and a 5-3 win on Saturday in the series finale Uh, BYU is surging right now I believe that is eight straight wins for them they have their first game against Utah up at Smith's Ballpark tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock mountain time Uh, the Utes are on a nine game so it's actually nine games for the Cougars nine game win streak for the Cougars Utah comes into this matchup on a nine game losing streak so Hopefully, BYU can pick up some wins. They head out on the road for the first time in a month this weekend, and then they go to WCC Power San Diego to Fowler Park this coming weekend. But hopefully an opportunity for BYU to pick up some wins this week despite having to go on the road for the week. So best of luck to Mike Littlewood's squad. Also, congratulations to him. He got his 200th win as BYU's head coach in his seventh season with the win on Saturday over St. Mary. So big congratulations. In swimming and diving on the men's side of things, BYU senior 
senior Peyton Sorensen represented BYU well at the NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships in Austin, Texas. He finished his career as a Cougar by finishing 20th in the 50-yard freestyle with a time of 19.28 seconds before clocking a time of 42.88 in the 100-meter, 100-yard freestyle to place 31st. So congratulations on a career well accomplished to Peyton Sorensen. Best of luck to him in whatever's next in his career. Men's tennis picked up a huge win over the weekend. The number 42-ranked BYU men's tennis team upset number 24 San Diego 4-3 Saturday afternoon at the outdoor tennis courts. BYU is going to be on the be at home again this weekend as they host San Francisco at the outdoor tennis courts. That'll be Friday at 1:30 Mountain Time. There will be a live stream that you can access on BYUCougars.com. Hopefully BYU they got three more matches before the West Coast Conference Championships. Hopefully they can tune up and be ready to go when those conference championships arrive. Uh, men's volleyball. Tough weekend. BYU had that good run there in the middle of the year, but their struggles continue. They lost to Concordia Irvine on Thursday, like we recapped on Friday's podcast, and then were swept at number 8 USC on Saturday night. Just one more match remaining this Thursday for BYU as they head to Arizona to take on Grand Canyon University there in Phoenix. Uh, hopefully BYU can get things righted and see what they can do to finish out the season strong. They're 12-10 and 10 on the year, kind of a lackluster year, a year young team, 6-5 and five in conference play. So not the kind of year that BYU was hoping to have, but uh, despite all of it, they've kind of battled through and hopefully they can finish out on a strong note with a win at Grand Canyon. On men's golf, Peter Quest had a great weekend at the Goodwin, finishing it tied for third individually. BYU finished up tying for ninth place at the Goodwin at the Stanford Golf Course. So a decent finish for BYU after a rough start. Uh, Stanford, of course, the home team won the tournament at minus eight. They won it by a full 18 strokes over USC. So congratulations to the host, BYU. BYU finished plus 27 for the tournament, tied for ninth. So good showing for Peter Quest, one of the best players in the country, a guy who's got his future on the PGA Tour, if you ask me. Uh, moving over to the women's side of things, the women's golf uh, team is in action this morning at the Bruzzy at Argyle, Texas, Lantana Golf Club. That gets going today and tomorrow. So best of luck to the women's golf team. It is their last tournament before the WCC Championships here in a few weeks. So best of luck to them as they try to get things tuned up and ready to go for the WCC Championships, which will be taking place in Spokane, Washington this year up at, it looks like Gonzaga will be hosting at Menito Country Club. So best of luck to the women's golf team today and tomorrow as they close things out. Uh, a couple other things. BYU softball had an up and down weekend on the road in Texas. Texas started things off with a 6-0 win over UT San Antonio, then proceeded to lose three straight. They lost 4-1 to the Roadrunners before going to Texas A&M and getting beat 3-2 and 4-0 as they close out the weekend. BYU's road-heavy start to their season continues. They're headed to Southern Utah tomorrow for a game in Cedar City at 3 o'clock Mountain Time before heading to Southern California to take on Loyola Marymount in their first uh, WCC action this year the face-off against LMU. And I actually have a link on YouTube Live. You can watch the stream of those games this coming Friday and Saturday. Pluto TV, which is the broadcast partner with the Big Sky Conference, will have tomorrow's action in Cedar City. And as we close things out, BYU Women's Tennis dropped a 4-0 match, number 37 San Diego on Saturday in WCC action. BYU will be back on the road this Friday at San Francisco. That'll be April 5th at 12 o'clock Pacific time. That's 1 o'clock Mountain time. Uh, playing in a match at the Olympic Club. So best of luck to 
to them this week. Hopefully they can bounce back from that loss at San Diego. So there you have it. Full weekend recap, catching up on everything going on in BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll be playing an interview tomorrow with Eric Mateos, BYU offensive line coach. I spoke with him last week before BYU closed up. Spring ball has some good thoughts on his coaching style, his mentors, etc. We'll get to that on tomorrow's podcast, so stay tuned for that. So we'll catch you then. A reminder for you guys before we go, though, it is baseball season. Major League Baseball is underway, and the Locked On Podcast Network has relaunched the MLB channel. Find your favorite teams on the Locked On Podcast Network, whatever team you support. I'm a Mariners fan. They're off to a great start this year. 5-1. and one. Hopefully they can keep it up. I don't expect it to last, but good start all the same. You can check it out. Search for your favorite team, or if you want to have a great overview, check out the Locked On MLB show. You can check out this podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found. Thank you guys in advance for your continued support of the podcast. Please also continue to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really does help. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars, and my personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 1st, 2019. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.